what makes Boston clam chowder unique, different kinds of lobster rolls, and a vegan donut taste test. This week, we're in Boston. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson. This is Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. I'm glad to have you. Destination Eat Drink is the place where we explore the world's great cuisine on the Destination Eat Drink podcast and at DestinationEatDrink.com. My guests this week are Lizzie and Sam Bell, the couple behind Off the Beaten Path Food Tours in Boston. And we talk about the great dishes and drinks in Beantown. But first, let me tell you that you can get all the episodes of Destination Eat Drink for free. They're all archived at RadioMisfits.com or wherever you get your podcast. I've done almost 200 episodes of the show now, so... Odds are, if you're planning a trip somewhere, I've probably done a show on it. Paris, London, Rome, of course, they're in there. New York, Chicago, L.A., them too. But some places you might not think of right away, like Cape Town, South Africa, Morocco, Lima, Peru. So many great places around the world for you to try in the Destination Eat Drink archive. All right, this week we're talking Boston. And this show is near and dear to my heart because I spent many, many years living in Rhode Island. So that means I spent a lot of time going to Boston to eat, to see concerts, to see games at Fenway. So I was really looking forward to talking about the food of Boston with Lizzie and Sam from Off the Beaten Path Food Tours. In fact, I got so into the conversation, we talked so much food that I decided to split it into two episodes. This week will be part one, And we'll talk about chowder and lobster rolls, neighborhoods like Kendall Square and Central Square, and some unique food that you can get there. And we talk about their chocolate tour. So that'll be this week. Next week will be part two. All right. I'm starving, so let's eat. Destination Eat Drink. Lizzie and Sam Bell from Off the Beaten Path Tours in Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome to Destination Eat Drink. It's a great pleasure to get to talk to you about one of my favorite places in the world, Boston and New England, a place that I'm very familiar with. Thanks for being here today. Oh, thanks so much for having us. We, we love being here. This is the best name of a podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we talk about anything eat or drink related, um, like I told you guys before we started, I lived in Rhode Island for many years, many, many years. Um, so I'm a Red Sox fan. First thing first, Woo. what the heck is wrong with the Sox this year? <laughs> I know. We, and also, we getting pretty close with the Celtics and them. Um, just couldn't clinch the title, but you know Sam and I are diehard fans here in Boston, and it's just one of the things that make the city great. The people here are really uh, into their sports and um, really diehard fans. I'll tell you guys a funny story. First of all, um, I you know I'm I'm here in Portugal, and it's nothing like New England as far as people wearing um, jerseys of sports teams or caps of sports teams. Um, it just it doesn't happen. Occasionally, you'll see a soccer jersey, but even that is a very rare thing. Of course, you go into a Duncan or a Cumbies or anything like that, and everyone's got you know uh, Brady jerseys or I guess Mac Jones jerseys now. But anyway, what I wanted to say was, 
one of the first weeks that we were here in Portugal, uh, my girlfriend and I were walking down the street and we saw a, a, a guy approaching us wearing a Patriots jersey with a number 12 on it. And my girlfriend got all excited. I got excited. And she goes up to him and goes, New England Patriots, go Patriots. He had no idea what we were talking about. <laughs> oh, no, that's not. <laughs> he, just, he, just thought it, he just thought it was a cool jersey to, to buy. And um, so every time we see someone with a, a Red Sox cap or something like that, I'm just like, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> right, right. Oh, my gosh. I know. Yeah. Well, we, I mean, we hope that they have pretty much – you know, international appeal in certain sports, but not everything. <laughs> um, that's so cool. So let's start talking about food with um, some of the iconic dishes of Boston, because I think when when people think of Boston, one of the first things they think of is chowder. And mm-hmm. chowder is different in different places. I don't know that everyone realizes that uh, Boston clam chowder and chowder from other places, be it Rhode Island or uh, New York or whatever, it's different. So uh, tell me what exactly is chowder What to you? How do you describe it? What do you think must be in chowder? Oh, sure. So yeah, Sam and I, we have off the beaten path food tours. We run tours all across the city. Um, and I grew up in Boston. Sam grew up in New England. And for me, um, you know, legal seafood is synonymous with clam chowder. In fact, I actually, it was many years, I can't even want to admit to you how long it took me to realize that they sell at other places. <laughs> and so it kind of feels like the original recipe, you know, is, is the milk based broth with clams, potatoes, chunky potatoes. Um, you can't see too many vegetables in there besides the potato. And then you take your little packet of oyster crackers and you, um, they're kind of salty, like hexagonal shaped crackers. And it's just the perfect complement to the, the milky stew. Um, they do have a light version that my grandfather sadly had to get. It has like, instead of the cream, it has just pretty much light milk. Um, I wouldn't recommend it, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, they serve the legal seafoods, clam chowder in my, um, my college dining hall. So like that's, and it was branded. So that's just how much it has its stamp here. So I would say if you're going to come here, you're going to have the original and you're going to have like a consistent experience. Um, definitely go to legals. Um, I think there's places around that, that have similar style, but there's nothing better than that. Sam, what would you, what would your reaction be if someone stuck a bowl of chowder in front of you and there was clear broth in it? Oh yeah, that, that's not gonna fly in Boston. (laughs) I mean, Sam does like the bread bowl. He's a fan of the bread bowl. I I guess that's more of a San Francisco thing, but he does like to kind of like dip his, his bread in his stew. <laughs> right, Sam? Um, and, you know, he's honestly not the biggest seafood guy, but I would say that seafood is paramount to the city. You know, it's all fresh um, day of. And, you know, if you get a bad piece of fish here, like we even have fish and chips a lot of places, you definitely want to send it back. You know, there's no excuse for that. Speaking of uh, seafood, um, I think another dish that's well regarded in Boston is the lobster roll. Um what what is your feeling about the lobster roll? What what are uh, definite must have ingredients in a lobster roll, and uh, where would be one of your favorite places to get one? Oh my gosh, huge fan! Um, for me, there's two kinds: you either like hot, you know, buttery lobster rolls, or you like it's kind of like cold with mayonnaise and celery, that type of thing. For me, I, I like the claw, um, sweeter. Um, and so if you go to you know Maine, actually. Um, 
or New Hampshire even that they're they're even more known for the lobster but you can find it here um we were just talking about the other week I had the best lobster roll I've had in a while at um Marshland Bakery down on the Cape uh, it was one of the best lobster rolls of my life I got it with these like thick onion rings and Sam and I were just in our car eating it you know with with, with um COVID we didn't want to go every place inside and it didn't matter. It was just like the best thing ever. And I was surprised. <laughs> so you want to get something, you know, they cook it up in the salt water. Uh, if you go some of the places by the seaport, you can pick it out. Um, you can get like a pound and a half, two pounds. That's a pretty good size. Um, and then, um, you know, they put it in a bun for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm more on the lobster end than the bread end. Um, and I, I like, yeah, I guess I would err to the side of, of buttery. Salem's another good place to get a good lobster roll. Uh, you can get it at Legal Seafood. It's actually not bad. Um, get it with, they have some really good fries with it. Um, so I would recommend them as well. We have a list on our blog of all these places. I remember at one point, um, and I don't know if they still do this, but I remember at one point McDonald's was selling lobster rolls in New England. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it was only $12, too, <laughs> which is a great deal. I mean, even the lobster prices have gone up and down. Like, we've gotten it here. It's kind of ridiculous, but there's a place called Market Basket. It's a supermarket, like kind of a low-end supermarket where things are pretty good value. And you can get lobster while you wait, while you shop. They'll steam it for you for two ninety nine a pound. Um, it's insane. So, you know, we get it, Sam and I, you know, we'll get it everywhere we can. We'll get lobster. Um, but, the, you know, the roll component, I guess that's where you have to know, like, do you like the claw? Do you like, you know, cold or hot? You really can't go wrong, but I think, you know, some of them are $40, $50. It's <laughs> just like, do you want to spend all that money? Um, it's up to you. I think it's worth it if you come here. Well, I guess there's only one way to find out, and that's to sample them all, you know, and <laughs> make your decision from there. Might cost a little, yeah. but uh, might be worth it. Um, I was perusing your website, Lizzie and Sam, and I was excited to see that you guys do a chocolate tour. What can you tell me about chocolate and some of the places in Boston? Uh, Boston, yes, Boston actually is kind of interesting, especially Cambridge has a, a really big candy making history. Um, they, you know, from like Baker's Chocolate in Dorchester all the way through the confectionery uh, factories in Cambridge. We, you know, we have Necco wafers, we've got, um, the Fig Newton was started here. And so it's just been really fun to bring to life what, these sweets that are part of our our history um in 2017 sam and i started this harvard square chocolate tour harvard is harvard university you know great fame and esteem um they have just a, a wealth of dessert places probably because it's a college town um and so we take people through for an hour and a half we teach them about the history of, of chocolate or cacao uh, we even stop at one of the places and get um, a sample of cacao juice which is the fruit from the cacao tree. Um, when you open up the cacao pod, you can separate some of the juice and some of the um, seeds from the cacao bean. And um, there's kind of like fluffy white stuff. But the, a place called Blue Stripes in New York, they, they preserve the cacao and ship it overseas. And it's kind of cool to taste that. It has a lot of like antioxidants. Um, but anyways, we, we go to four stops with a friendly guide. And, you know, there's about 12 people total max on the tour so you'll get a lot of attention we'll try everything from iced hot chocolate to you know local um greek spot has these nutella baklava lukamades which are 
Greek donuts with a lot of Greek Greek Nutella on top. Um, and it's delicious. We do chocolate truffles. It's just so much fun. I mean, we've we've changed the places we've worked with in the past, so we've really experienced all kinds of delicious ch- chocolate treats. Um, and what's kind of fun about it too is you can meet some locals on the tour because we we go into the history of Cambridge, but we in a storytelling way. But we also are fun just for locals because um, we talk about the history of chocolate. So anyone can come on the tour and, and learn a lot and have so much fun. You know, in Portugal, where I live now, there's a historic town called Obidos, and um, one of the drinks that they have is called ginginha, which is a sour cherry liqueur, which you can also get all over Lisbon. But what they do in Obidos is they have little chocolate cups that they serve the cherry liqueur in. So you get a shot of cherry liqueur, you do the shot, and then you eat the chocolate cup afterwards. <laughs> and I just think oh, it's the most brilliant idea I've ever heard in my life. Oh, that's fantastic. So is, there, is it no waste? Then? Yeah, zero waste. You know, you're eating the cup. <laughs> that's phenomenal. I mean, that's so great. Like we, we have chocolate straws we've, we've discovered, but nothing like that. Yeah, and cherry and chocolate, of course, is a awesome combination. So it really goes together well. <laughs> so when you guys come oh, yeah, to Portugal, be looking for that. Or maybe if you go out to uh, New Bedford or someplace with a big Portuguese community, they might have it too. I don't know that I've ever seen... Ginginha. The first time I ever had it was when I came to uh, when I came to Portugal. But I'm sure some guy in New Bed, some Portuguese guy in New Bedford, is making ginginha in his basement somewhere. So, <laughs> oh, I'm, oh yeah, it was a delicacy. People like to replicate, and um, yeah, we like to find that stuff. So I'm gonna look. I'm gonna be on the search. Like Sam and I have been known to drive how long? Four hours to find something cool. So, <laughs> you know, if there's a good. Yummy food recommendation. We're on it. I just spent six hours doing a six-hour trip looking for a particular uh, coffee drink. And, uh, (laughs) you know, so I'm totally with you when it comes to, hey, whatever it takes to find it, I'm going there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, it's funny. Like you mentioned New Bedford. We were going to do a tour there. Um, We thought it was such a cool place. It was really interesting stuff. And it's a lot of historical, kind of like maritime um, whaling artifacts. But we, yeah, we just couldn't get it together. It's too, too far from us to really figure out. But I think, um, that's a cool place. That's definitely an off the bean, um, path type of place to go. I would say like Plymouth is similar. Um, like I said, like Salem is interesting. Um, Newburyport, some of these like, you know, coastal towns are really fun. Let's talk about a couple of the other neighborhoods where you guys do tours. You talked a little bit about Harvard. Uh, let's talk about Central Square because you guys uh, look at um, some graffiti murals. I'm a, I'm a big street art person. I love finding street art wherever I go. It's one of the first things I look for. So tell me a little bit about Central Square. What makes that place special? Oh, of course. Yeah, Central so interesting. I, I personally lived in Central Square for 15 years and um. And it really changed before my eyes. I think, you know, when I first moved there, it was a little bit more crime-ridden, and it's um, ebbed and flown ever since. Uh, It's very interesting. It's a melting pot of colleges, you know, the community. You've got MIT and Harvard right in the backyard, and they are attracting, like, worldwide talent. So, you know, people from all walks of life, all different places of the world are are sitting down to have dinner. Um, there's a lot of, I guess I would say like Asian and African American cultures are prevalent and, um, come from like a demographic perspective. Um, there's the murals, which, um, came about because the, the city was applying for a, 
status as a cultural district, which they did obtain. And um, basically, the murals all speak to the minority experience of that. That is very interesting to see. And we talk about, you know, we even go to a grocery store on, on the tour um, called Daily Table, and it's a nonprofit which accepts donations founded by the um, founder of Trader Joe's. And they are like a no waste kind of use all the food for prepared foods type place. Um, anyways, there's also a vegan population. Um, there's a lot, a lot of vegan food in Central Square. Um, we do a vegan taste test at the Dona Villa Diner and the owner comes out, Aaron, and he talks to us about, um, you know, how he created a vegan menu and he gives us a blind taste test. Can you tell which donut is vegan? Oh, <laughs> and, no way. You know, I would say like, yeah, eight out of ten people can't tell the difference, which is, or they, and most people like the vegan donut more than they thought they would. Um, maybe even more than the regular one, which is interesting. So it's kind of, yeah, it's fun to see, like, um, the owner of that place actually li- lived in Central Square, met his wife there and thought, I'm just going to open this spot here. Um, cause I love it here. Took over one of the old bars called the field and, um, has really made it his own. So, you know, we have a lot of fun. Um, we go to a place, one of our, I was saying like one of our places that we've been going for dinner a lot is called Viale. Um, I think it's Italian for the way, I believe. And, um, or the Avenue and it's right on Mass Ave, which is our main thoroughfare. They've got a lot of like home cooked meals as a husband and wife team as well. Um, she was managing restaurants. He's been a chef and they do things like oysters. They have platters of beets. They've got, um, we do like these special arancini balls and meatballs. So it's been a lot of fun, you know, to see how there's all kinds of people, but I think everyone's very, very, very passionate about the area because it's colorful. You know, it's like a rainbow type place. It's almost like, you know, in Hawaii, you've got like Oahu, like, you know, it's like all kinds of people walking down that street, um, all different colors and the food, it doesn't totally match, <laughs> you know, from one place to the next. Right, right. But I think, as when you back up, it, it all makes sense. Um, and that's what we try to do with the murals that we show you. We say like, here, here's a sampling. There's probably like 30. We probably, we go through about five to 10. Um, and we, we talk about it. We eat the food. We talk about it. Yeah. You know, we get to know the whys behind the artists. Um, one of our favorite artists is Marka 27. Um, he lives in Cambridge and he has a studio in Brooklyn as well. Um, he's done murals all over the city. He's a Mexican artist and, um, he's done one called Rebirth. Uh, he's the one in Central Square is called Queendom. I really recommend you look them up. It's so colorful. It's a lot of indigenous, um, subject matter. Uh, it's really inspiring. And I think he, he's a good example of, um, the type of artist that, has been doing these murals and kind of like embodies the city. So um, it's cool. It's a very cool tour. And I think it brings to life just stuff you might not have noticed, <laughs> you know, walking around by yourself, you might not see what we see and all the themes are theme central to it. So it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun doing that tour. Before we leave central square, um, Lizzie, I want to ask you about something called donut pudding because I'm not familiar with this. Um, what can you tell me about donut pudding? Honestly, I was just thinking from like my business hat. I was like, that is so smart because it's whatever donut people don't eat, right? <laughs> they, must, they must add like sugar and eggs. That's what I was thinking. And bake it up. That's what it seems like, right, Sam? Because they have maple in there. But it actually, it's funny. Even though that might happen, it comes out so delicious. This type of place, Donut Villa, they do um like donut 
I guess French toast, and they do a savory donut sandwich with a burger. Um, and it's just kind of nuts. Like, I don't, I don't know how uh, much that is popular. It's probably like a typical American cuisine, right? Like a donut hamburger. But um, it's just a lot of fun to indulge some, sometimes, and I think they've been really creative with the menu. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think the pudding is just um, a filling kind of hearty, eggy goopy <laughs> delicious dish um so yeah we, we love giving that out and we, and we usually get that give that to go so that people can enjoy it later oh nice another another famous neighborhood in boston is kendall square you guys do a tour there tell me about that a little bit of course yeah, kendall square has been one of our favorite places to tour um you know right in the heart of mit and right by the Charles River. So people don't realize how close Kendall Square and Cambridge is to Boston. You can go from like the Mass General Brigham Hospital right across the river and there you've got um, Kendall Square. So you can literally walk from Beacon Hill, um, I know what, like five minutes across the bridge. And so, you know, there's really fun things to do in, in Kendall. You can go kayaking. There's a lot of these big, beautiful restaurants. And so the, it's on the red line, which is very convenient. So you know, you see the fireworks from Kendall on the 4th of July. Um, so Sam and I started doing the tour in the vein of like science and innovation, mostly because there's a bunch of co-working spaces there. There's, you know, Google has their office and um, places like that. And I, it's very techy. Um, so I would say in some way it's been like a manufactured city. Um, originally NASA was going to move their headquarters there, which is so crazy. And they didn't do it. So uh, when they didn't do it, there's someone stepped up. Um, and so the owners of this restaurant called Evo, E-V-O-O, and um, they own a place called Za, Z-A, which is like pizza. Um, <laughs> they started the first restaurant about in the 90s in Kendall that was really, you know, kind of like going to transform the place. And they did it, you know, they did a good job. They're still there. We They're, they're on our tour. And since then, there's a lot of these kind of bigger, beautiful restaurants and brew halls that have popped up. So I would say like, I don't know, 80% of the population works there um, or goes to school there and so part of like the MIT ecosystem. And so a lot of it's beer and pizza, honestly, at this point. And um, like it's gotten a little quieter at night just because of, you know, COVID and whatnot. Um, fewer people working in the office these days. But, it, you know, it's very, it's very much a tech center. Um, there's a lot of like biotech and pharma now. And I think it's kind of cool to connect the dots. Like you'll see, that's where the droid was invented. Android was invented. Um, this is kind of an area where it's like the meeting of the minds. <laughs> There's a lot of brain power. I feel like I get smarter when I walk through <laughs> Kendall Square. <laughs> you know, and, and there's also, you know, like a, a world element. Like there's a place called Mead Hall. They have brews from all over the world. There's a new place called Plant Pub that opened up and they have vegan pub food. Um, one of our favorite places is called Mamala's. It's a Jewish deli. Um, they have yummy, yummy food, good Reuben. They even have like a mushroom Reuben if you don't eat meat. We go to, what else? Like, yeah, Evu and Zah would highly recommend. There's a great dumpling place called Dumpling Daughter. There's a place called Commonwealth. They have awesome ice cream. And then I really, really like Glass House. They have pool trivia nights. Um, there's actually was an old glass building industry in Kendall, which people don't know about. Um, that's where glass making had a lot of, um, firsts. Um, and so anyways, there's a place called glass house that has like an ode to that. And they, it's really pr pretty building. Um, they have really good drinks. 
Really good sangria. And a great name. Yeah, and a great name. I know. It's very fun. You can look out the window and see the kayaks, and you can see a lot of MIT people looking very tired. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it is one of our most popular tours. We're not running it currently because um, we're waiting for some of the places to reopen on the weekends, but I think um, it's one of the most asked about tours because there is so much to talk about in terms of Kendall. I'm glad to hear, I think this is the second or third time you've mentioned vegetarian and vegan food, and I'm glad that you have this um, understanding that vegetarians and vegans love taking food tours as well, and they want to be able to sample different kinds of things. So this is, uh, this is good to hear that you have that consciousness that, um, you know, this is a community that needs to be served as well. Oh, yeah. We, well, I think it's because um, we want everyone to feel comfortable, and so a lot of these food tours I noticed, I mean, we're trying to be the, you know, the, a different type of tour, a friendly tour, accommodating. And I found that some of these other places don't change the menu, but I always ask for dietary preferences. If I can accommodate, you know, I'll let you know. Um, it, but I, yeah, I look a lot of, I think the top ones are gluten, um, vegetarian or, um, dairy. Those are the ones that people can eat. And, you know, we even had a vegan chocolate tour for a long time that we're reopening this fall in Jamaica Plain, um, which is kind of funny because it's, it's not just chocolate bars we sample. So we'll, it's not just like dark chocolate, <laughs> but we do sample all kinds of um, vegan chocolate, which is really, really an awesome thing. And so, yeah, we really love um, just showing people around and we should, you shouldn't let your dietary preferences get in the way. Like, you know, you don't have to drink on our tours. We have mocktails available um, and we just have some, it's like good, clean fun, you know, a lot of good, good stuff going on in Boston and, you know, the restaurants are used to this type of dietary substitutions for sure. Okay. There you go. Sorry for the abrupt end to the conversation, but like I said, this was a great talk. We got so into it and it lasted quite a long time. So I'm going to split it into two different episodes. Um, So that's this week's show. Next week, part two of our conversation with Lizzie and Sam, we'll talk about Greek and Peruvian food in Boston, craft beer, and Lizzie and Sam give a ton, and I mean ton, of fantastic restaurant and pub recommendations in Boston for your next trip to the Bay State. Plus, we take a quick side trip with them to Burlington, Vermont, which is a nice road trip if you're in Boston. And all the places Lizzie and Sam talked about this week, they're in the show notes. You can get them at radiomisfits.com slash DED199. Well, uh, that's it for this week. But if you need more foodie travel content, get over to destinationeatdrink.com. Over there, I just posted a story about Portugal's wash houses. This is where women did the washing in a communal wash house. And some of them are still in use today. There's even one in Lisbon that's still being used today. Not often, but sometimes. Kind of a tourist attraction. But these wash houses are fascinating, and you can read about them at DestinationEatDrink.com slash blog. I've also recently updated my foodie travel guide to Lisbon. Since I'm living here in Portugal, I've been spending quite a bit Uh, more time in Lisbon lately. It's an easy bus or train ride from my town of Setubal, and I've got several new recommendations in Lisbon. And sadly, I had to remove one of my favorite places from my foodie travel guide to Lisbon because it has closed. Happens sometimes, but I'm never happy when one of my favorites goes away. Anyway, you can get that whole thing at destinationeatdrink.com slash Lisbon. Now, if you enjoy the show... 
please rate and review us on your podcast app so others can find Destination Eat Drink. Thanks for that. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and Ed Silla. Thanks, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson. I'll see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.